What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. This is our second episode of 2022. Who knows how long I'm going to count them for, count them for, but, you know, just have, having a good time here. So here we are. Straight back into it. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really new with me otherwise. Anything new, exciting with you? No, we're still on summer break here. It's like I was just saying to you, actually, I'm finding it hard to breathe at the moment because it's 95% humidity. Like it's just like I just feel like I need a fan in my face or something at the moment. But anyway, no, nothing else really happening. Same old. It's like the opposite of here because yesterday there was really bad freezing rain and tons of cars got in accidents by me because they didn't like pre-salt the roads or anything. Mm -hmm. So like one of my coworkers got into an accident going to work and like the main highway around here was closed forever because there was just like pile ups everywhere. It's like we we have winter every year. Why why are we planning ahead for this? I know it's like here yeah, any because it doesn't well generally it doesn't often rain that much. So as soon as it rains, the roads turn to shit. People just crash. Don't forget how to drive. I'm like this happens not that you know like well, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, people just forget. Yeah, I don't know. It might snow here tomorrow, so that's exciting because it hasn't oh, snowed here really yet. It snowed a little mm. bit, but. Hopefully we'll get some snow because they get snow in Alabama now, yeah, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy weather. I wonder if it's just always going to be crazy weather from now on, probably. I feel like the whole world is going crazy. <laughs> I watched um, Death to 2021. I don't know if you've ever watched those. It's something they do at the end of each year. It's like a Netflix kind of satire, black comedy about stuff that's happened in the year. And for 2021, they're like, the weather The weather just used to stay in the sky. <laughs> now it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. It really is out of control my cat is in my lap she is ready to go ready to go ready ready to co-host today we are going to talk about a case that blew up kind of on social media before it really hit mainstream news because one of the girls was she had a decently large social media following i think what was it like twenty five thousand? Yeah, 20. Well, she has 23,000 now. So I think she's obtained a few since this has all happened. But yeah, she had a large social media following, pretty large. Yeah. So a lot of people sent it to us because they were posting on her account after her death and it was sent to us a lot. So we were posting about it and then eventually did hit the mainstream news. And I probably should say who it's about the (laughs) death of um, model Christy Giles and her friend Hilda Cabrales Arzola. You guys followed it online at all. They were both kind of dropped off at different hospitals. They were Christy was deceased on arrival and there was the it was a Prius and like three masked men dropped them off and their families were trying to kind of bring awareness and get justice for them and get the story picked up. So did they get justice? I don't know. We'll find out. And just as a warning, this case does discuss sexual assault and sexual abuse. Um not overly graphically but it can be triggering to people who may have experienced that or the people who find that upsetting so just as a warning if that is something that would bother you you may not want to listen to this episode yeah the loss is just so hard jan silliers was in san francisco this past weekend visiting his father while his 24 year old model and aspiring actress christy giles stayed back in la Friday night, Giles went out partying with two friends. Saturday night at 5 p.m., nearly 12 hours from when she was last heard from, Sillier says Giles' body was left on the sidewalk outside Southern California Hospital in Culver City, where she was pronounced dead. 
Sillier says there's video of a car without license plates and men concealing their identities, placing her body there. One of the friends Giles was with went home. The other friend, Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola, who goes by Marcella, was left at a different hospital two hours later. Kaiser Permanente in West LA, where she's in critical condition. Marcella's toxicology report came back and um, I guess they found heroin in her system. Um, which is nothing that either of those girls would ever, ever do, not voluntarily. So this story started on November 12th last year, 2021. Christy Giles and her friend Hilda, uh, Christy was 24 and Hilda was 26 at the time that this all happened. They decided to go out to some parties together in Los Angeles. Um, as a bit of a background for the two women, Christy was married to a South African man named Jan Sillias. Jan was 40 or is 40. They lived in LA where Christy worked as a model and Jan works as a visual effects artist. So Christy, as we said just now, has 23,000 followers on Insta. Jan has 6,000. Um, for almost three years, I assume this is probably around the time they met, every single post basically on Jan's Insta features Christy. Um, like he, she's, she's a, she was a stunning girl, you know, very, you know, petite, very fine features. But yeah, like all of his posts are about her. He writes things like, I might very well be the luckiest man alive. Um, this, another one, it says, am I sorry for spamming you with photos of my gorgeous wife? No, not even a little bit. And she seemed very well liked among her friends because even when she passed away and people are sending us the story, a lot of, um, Obviously, I think her husband had access to her Instagram. I was post reposting things that her friends were saying, and she seemed just very well loved by many people who made really nice memorial posts about her and nice videos, how she was a very kind person. Um, seemed very sweet, like, yeah. Yeah. And she, she comments on his post too, like she writes things like, you spoil me in all the ways. There's another one, how did I get so lucky? And, you know, just, like they just seemed like a genuinely in love couple who were very happy together. So, look, Christy was a model. I've seen some comments that say she was represented by Fox Models and or Wilhelmina, so well, she could have been represented by both. Her modelling um, kind of profile pages are still online. If you want to check them out, I'll put them all in the blog. Um, I did find an online address for Christy and Jan. I won't make it public, but they ba if this is their address, they basically lived absolute beachfront in Marina del Rey. They have an apartment that literally is on the sand. Like, there's no sidewalk, there's no path or anything. It's literally on the sand. So... They seem to kind of be living a real Los Angeles, California beach life. Jealous. <laughs> Hilda's um, kind of life and social media was a little bit more low-key. She has 2,500 Instagram followers. Her account is private, so we can't see any of the posts. But her bio reads, architecture, art, design, and everything in between. None of this is real. And then she's added in the U.S. because I believe that Hilda was originally from Mexico. Um, so Hilda was an architect and she got her degree in Mexico and since November 2019 she'd worked as a lead project manager for Atrio Interiors. In May 2021 she'd make a post online about wanting to move to Canada. Um, that post is still up so you can, I'll put it on the blog and you can see but she speaks about herself and she says, my name is Hilda Marcella. I'm a Mexican architect, graduated in 2019. I'm 26 years old and I'm focused on the area of interior design. Of my career as a student, I worked as an intern in different design firms in Mexico and I decided to settle in the area of interior design. She said, I'm advanced in English and can understand French. Um, my goal is to fully migrate to Canada and establish there. 
I love the country and the opportunities it offers. So she goes into a little bit more about her, you know, skills and what she's got to offer, but it doesn't seem that she ever really got to Canada or was in the process of it, which is sad for her. So none of it really about their social media is kind of important to the story, but I thought that we should add it in because it gives you an idea of who these people are and the kind of lives they were living and maybe the people they were associating with, which will turn out to be quite important. And I do think, unfortunately, if they didn't have, if she didn't have a decent sized social media following, I don't know if the story would have really even reached the mainstream news at all. Yeah, I think because, yeah, she had such a large following. She had so many people trying to push it at the time. Um, yeah, I definitely think that made a difference. Mm-hmm. So back to November 12th, Jan was away in San Francisco when this was all happening. He was apparently visiting his father, so he isn't in the scene straight away. Um, Christine Hilda decided to go to a party in LA. I believe the first party they went to was a warehouse party. Hilda apparently met a guy at this party who invited them to another after party at, in the Hollywood Hills, and both women agreed to go. So what kind of happened in between them going to this after party and the next day was a little bit unclear to start. So we're kind of going chronologically just to give you an idea of what we knew at the time, which wasn't much. Jan and their other friends were trying frantically to get in touch with them. Um, He sent her many texts, which have been kind of made public. And he was saying things like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Did I do something to upset you? Please just let me know that you're okay. So she didn't reply to any of these texts. And I know that he said they had their location sharing like on between them so they each knew where each other was at the time um and that's where you know that was kind of the basis of the posts that were being made at the time where he was trying to find her so at 5 p.m on november 13 which is the day after they went to these parties cctv at southern california hospital in culver city showed men in masks and hats pulling up in a black toyota prius that had no license plate they dumped christie's body And another two hours later, the same car and I guess the same men um, dumped Hilda at the Kaiser Permanente Hospital in West LA. Christy was pronounced dead at the scene on November 13. Hilda was still alive when she was taken into the hospital. She was placed on life support, but there was said to be little chance of recovery. She remained in the hospital until she was declared brain dead on November 26. Her father spoke to the media at the time and said, My girl was diagnosed brain dead yesterday. We were already expecting it to be bad news and we're trying to take it with a lot of strength. I asked God to return Hilda to me in 100% good health, but if she was going to be left impaired, it is better for her to to leave and go by his side. Hilda was eventually taken off life support and she passed away. The LA medical examiner does have her date of death as November 24, but I actually believe that was maybe when she was declared brain dead. And that her organs were taken and she actually physically died a few days later because there's a few different death dates I've seen um, in regards to her. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, the discrepancy. If you see that online, there's a few different dates. So as we said, this case, which kind of surprisingly took a few days to start getting any real media attention, there were some vague details kind of emerging on social media with friends of Christy and Hilda beginning to make posts. Reminds me a little bit in this regard of Alexis Sharkey, where the friends were the ones who kind of picked it up first and were begging for information. And And they were the ones sending it to accounts like our account, like to crime accounts for people with social media followings, like to try to get people to post about it. And that's what people did once they started posting about it. More people picked up on the story. We were posting about it. And then even for days following, people would message us and be like, oh, what was going on with that, the case about the two models? Like any updates on the girls that were dropped, up off, dropped off at the hospital? So it definitely helped get more people invested because the media didn't pick up on the case until 
pretty much almost right before like the arrests were made, I feel like. Mm, There was some basic media reports, but yeah, not a whole lot until that kind of progressed. Yeah, Yeah, like local news or kind of like tabloidy news almost picked it up because, you know, they were quote instagram models in a way well christy anyways she was also a real model yeah so i did manage to screenshot one of the posts at the time it's um it says hey fam still waiting on more details this will be a process what we do know is that there was foul play this was not an accident plenty of suspicious evidence but until it's concrete we can't release any details thank you for all your kind words we've started a gofundme to help cover all the costs related to this horrific tragedy so It was kind of, you know, had this traction from her friends. Um, The media did, I think the first article I found from the media was November 17. Jan spoke to the media at that time and said that heroin had been found in Hilda's system, but that she would never have taken that drug willingly. Christy's mother, Dusty Giles, also spoke and she said that Christy sometimes took cocaine or ecstasy, but that she would never do heroin because her close friend's ex had died from an overdose and her cousin had been in and out of rehab. Dusty said that Hilda's friends and family told them that she had the same attitude towards heroin. Uh, Dusty said, my daughter was no, by no means was an angel. She lived her life very unapologetically and was brutally honest and truthful with her family, regardless if we agreed with it or not, because she knew that we loved her unconditionally. And then she spoke about the heroin. She said she would have no reason to lie. We actually spoke regarding heroin. My daughter said, hell no, the heroin out here is laced with fentanyl. People are dropping like flies. I think that might also be one reason too why kind of a lot of people brushed it off initially is because with all the um like heroin overdoses and fentanyl deaths happening these days it kind of like initially when there wasn't a lot of information out about it it was easy to just assume like oh it was probably just another drug overdose and you know shitty people just dumped them at the hospital but there's a lot more to it than that yeah So Jan also spoke to the media about their relationship and he said, people share these amazing videos that they have with her and it just brings back her energy and I know I'll never get to see her or kiss her or touch her again and it's just so heartbreaking. We had one of the most fairytale romantic relationships. Our first date was on Valentine's Day 2019. We were married by September that year. uh, She's obviously beautiful on the outside, but really her beauty is just who she is as a person on the inside. And that seems to be kind of the continuing theme. I haven't seen anyone come out and say anything contradictory to what um, the mother and the husband have said. They've all kind of, you know, there's no secret heroin addiction or anything like that. It it seems like this is, you know, genuinely who she was. So as I mentioned, Jan said that he and Christy shared their locations with each other. And he also said like quite early on, November 17, that he knew who the girls had been with that night. He said he had access to all the texts that Christy had sent. And the last one was sent to her at 5.36 a.m. Christy never replied to that message. So the messages he's actually published online. um, Hilda sent Christy a message at 4.36 a.m. saying, I'm in the kitchen, let's do a line. And I'm guessing Christy saw Hilda after that because she didn't reply. But then at 5.30 a.m., Christy sent a message to Hilda saying, let's go. And she's put an emoji in there that's kind of like an awkward um, grimacing. She says like a, a, like a scared, shocked, yeah. nervous face, like, like a shocked let, face like, almost. I feel like it'd be like you actually saying to someone, let's just get out of here. Like this is weird and Like creepy. yeah, Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah yikes. exactly. Yikes, yeah. Christy said at 5.30, let's go. And then Hilda wrote back straight away saying, yes, I'll call an Uber. And then at 5.32, so two minutes later, she wrote 10 minutes away. Um, the Uber arrived. They never got into it. The Uber waited for a little bit and then drove away. Uh, Christy's friend Eddie sent a message to her at 5.36. So 
So this is literally four minutes after Hilda sent the message to Christy, but that message was never read or replied to. Eddie was just asking, where are you at? So I think he'd been with them earlier that night. Um, and he, I guess he was just checking up on them. Uh, the text, it's like so eerie in the same way like last images are eerie where just mm. you can see the time stamps of just like how quickly they're fine texting each other wanting to leave and then just nothing yeah i always find last texts eerie like when someone says and then they passed away after they sent this message like it's yeah it's eerie yeah so jan said that he believed in that in that small gap between the final texts something happened to christy and hilda that made them incapacitated as Jan had Christie's last location, he made it public very quickly and people online started kind of looking to see um, where they were had been and who that property was kind of linked to. Jan was not shy at the time about publishing names of the people who were linked to the apartment where they were at. One of them was called Dave Bryant, a.k.a. Dave Pierce, you know, David Bryant, David Pierce. You'll see it written like a lot of those ways online. Straight away, many people came forward to talk about their experience with Dave. Someone wrote, Dave Pierce Dave, or Dave Bryant is one of the shadiest, dirty dudes there is. Apparently this was his apartment. He has a long rap sheet and he's done all sorts of stuff, predatory, disgusting stuff with women. Been hearing about drugging rumours for years. He used to roll with Predator Ron Jeremy. You should implore the police and FBI and media to release his name to the public and see other victims that have come forward. And then he posts a photo and he says, here's your guy, scum of the earth. So it's a photo of Dave with Ron Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this very quickly, we got kind of an insight into this David, who seems to be the main instigator in this case. Um, media found insurance records, and they found that a black Prius was registered to the par- apartment. And if you recall, a black Prius was also caught on CCTV dumping the women at the hospitals on November 13. The apartment was linked to David Pierce. Um, a neighbour came forward and said that they heard moaning from the apartment on November 13. They said, I heard someone moaning in pain for five, six, seven hours all day on Saturday. I was wondering what it was because there was always very loud noises coming from the apartment. But this moaning, it was weird to me, but he's a bad guy. I don't want to get on his bad side, so I never confront him. The police came and spoke with me and they said there'd been an incident, but they didn't give any more detail. They showed me a photo of him and his black Prius and I told them I had heard moaning all day and they took notes. I haven't seen his car for a few days now. So, um, you know, it was pretty, the police knew I think fairly quickly who the girls had been with, um, but obviously it took them a while to kind of get their ducks in a row and get everything ready. Yeah. I was just thinking like, what would I do in that situation if I heard moaning for that many hours? Because I saw a lot of people were like, well, why wouldn't this person call the police? But how he's like, that, I don't want to get involved with that neighbor. He's like a bad guy. Yeah. And we'll get into it too. But there seems to have been a lot of, sh- I think he must have lived in this apartment for a long time. So it seems like there was some shady stuff that went on over the years. So maybe this wasn't, you know, totally out of the ordinary or I don't know. Yeah. But there's lots of photos online of Dave Pierce. There's some of him with Paris Hilton. He was kind of, um, he went to the Weinstein Company's 2007 Golden Globes after party. So there's lots of photos of him online. He had some, well, seemed to have some pretty high profile friends or at least associates. He seemed like a, um, one of those people that just kind of like a parasite. Like, I don't think he's friends with Paris Hilton, but maybe he was at the same event as her. Like, they seem yeah. to just, these people like get into these events and then just act like they're much more famous than they are. Yeah. 
So when I was researching, there's loads, there's actually so much information on David Pierce dating back to like 2010. This has been going on for a long time. There was a post on the Dirty from 2012 and said, Nick, this guy's the biggest douchebag in LA. He apparently steals from people. He got my friend drunk and took advantage of her. I met him and he grabbed my phone and put his number inside my phone as Dave, my new husband. I told my girlfriend who did that and she said, is his name Dave? So it seems like, you know, everyone kind of knew who this guy was. Should we talk about the photos? Yeah. Oh, the duck lips. <laughs> yeah. Every, literally every photo of him, he's making like a pout, like a duck lips. And it's so like uncomfortable because oh, no. when you put all the pictures together, it, I mean, not that it doesn't look stupid in one picture, but it looks stupid when you have all these pictures together of him always making a duck face. I actually don't think I have seen a single photo where he isn't making that face. He he seemed to be maybe like, I don't know if I should say this, someone might get mad, but a little bit chubby. <laughs> so I feel like he maybe at a stage he was a little bit chubby. So maybe he did that face to make his face seem skinnier. I don't know. It's just a weird pose to do all To do the in time. every photo. Like fair enough, once or twice you might do it, but every photo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Some more comments about Dave. Someone wrote in 2013, he claimed he was taking me to an event and took me to his apartment that he can't afford on his own because he has a roommate and he tried to take advantage of me and rape me. It was the worst, scariest night of my life. Someone else wrote in 2014. So this is ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. This guy just pulled the most psycho nonsense I've ever heard. Convinced a friend to visit him in LA after several weeks of being sweet and nice. Once there, he waited until she was sleeping to go through her phone, block every guy she had in there and start texting her best friends to say that she was not coming back to Colorado. Lucky she got out. And, you know, other things like this dude has been banned from multiple spots in LA. I used to see him at the Playboy Mansion until they caught on to his ways. Yeah. One final comment too from that is that the worst thing I ever did was not press charges when he physically and sexually assaulted me. Probably the worst human being that I've ever met and he needs to be stopped before he can hurt another woman. That's from 2019. Oh, sorry, 2013, that is. There's also another site that lists Dave's phone number and people can leave, you know, like you can always, there's ones where you can write, this is a scammer, don't answer, this is an insurance company, whatever. Yeah. So everyone's been commenting for years about him. There was one from 2013 that said, David Pierce is a drug dealer, thief, scam artist, liar. If you ever have contact with him, go the other way. He will bullshit and steal from you. Do not trust him ever. He says he works for Paramount Pictures. Do not believe anything he says. And there's another one from 2020. David Pierce is a low-level thief, con, art- con artist, shoplifter, drug dealer. He will eventually be killed or locked up. Stay away from this loser. So they were very unfortunate to come across David, but it also seems that this had been going on for a long time. I can't believe that there was no action taken before this all happened in regards to David. I was just thinking, I feel like guys like this, they do it so much that they're like good at it. Yeah. They pick girls like Christy and Hilda, like younger girls who go out in the party scene, maybe like to like casually do drugs, things like that. Girls that like to party that are younger, whereas then they get them like fucked up, sexually assault them probably. And then the girls the next day wake up and they don't really remember exactly what happened. But in their minds, especially before like the Me Too movement and before it was more of like a prominent topic about consent, a lot of the girls probably woke up feeling like, wow, I got so fucked up last night and like I let this guy do this to me. So they don't report it because they're like they feel responsible for it. So I feel like these gross guys like this, they just like know what types of girls to pick and to victimize to be able to have the girls like blame themselves almost. 
even that comment about the person who said the worst thing they ever did was not press charges against him. Like, you know, I'm sure he had this down to a fine art saying, hey, I've got, you know, high friends in high places. If you make this public, like I'm sure he knew exactly what to say to make them feel horrible and scared and to not, you know, not ever take it any further. And a lot of the girls are just like embarrassed by it and probably just never want to talk about it again. So they just kind of try to forget it happened. Yeah. And it's sad that it took someone dying for them to get caught yeah well two people dying that we know of so far so yeah very sad um so on november 20th christy's friends gathered to hold a memorial for her on the beach and it is very nice there's a lot of nice flowers they dug out a big heart in the sand very pretty by that point a gofundme that jan had started raised over eighty thousand dollars The GoFundMe said, we appreciate any donations that will provide the resources needed in order to put a concrete case together to bring justice for both of these beautiful, innocent young women. Moreover, to protect every other female out there who has been or could be grossly affected in a similar way. We are raising money for private investigators, funeral and memorial costs. These funds are going towards the investigations of both Christy and Hilda's cases. These funds will be received by Jan Silliers, who is Christy's husband. He'll be using the funds to pay for a private autopsy, private investigators, witness reward money, whatever other costs are incurred in the pursuit of justice for the death of Christy and Hilda. On December 15th, Jan announced that three men had been arrested in relation to Christy and Hilda's deaths. Not surprisingly, David Pierce was one of the men, and there's two other men arrested with him named Mike Ansbach and Bran Osborne. Police arrested those three men in connection with their deaths. David Pierce is charged with manslaughter. Michael Onsbach and Brent Osborne are both charged as an accessory to manslaughter. And what's even more strange is David Marietta Jr. and his wife, both actors, say Osborne, also an actor, confessed to them all about that night with the women while they were on a shoot together days later. And he said, I had the craziest weekend of my life and proceeds to to just tell me hour by hour detailed account and timeline of exactly what happened from late Friday afternoon to to about Saturday afternoon. Where he begins to kind of boast and and create an alibi in the process of uh, how he went to sleep, he woke up, uh, one of the girls didn't have a pulse. David Pierce was charged with manslaughter and is being held on a million dollar bail. Brant and Mike were each charged with accessory to manslaughter. Their bail is set to $100,000 each. LAPD said in when they announced the arrest that it's believed both women were given drugs and overdosed. Based on the investigation, the LAPD is is concerned that there could be other victims in our community who could have been drugged by one or more of these men. According to actors Alexandra Kriatow and David Murrieta, Brant Osborne had divulged to them while on a shoot in November about partying with the women and later dumping their bodies. They said that Brant told them, quote, I've had the craziest weekend of my life. Um, They said he told me how they'd partied. Two girls came back to their place and the girls had a bunch of drugs. They said he told him that he left his apartment to get a COVID-19 test for a commercial shoot. And when he returned, his roommate informed him that Christy was dead said he checked her pulse, freaked out, decided not to call 911, and they decided what to do with the body. Then they didn't know what to do. They didn't want to call 911 and get in trouble, so they decided to drive and drop her body at Culver City Hospital. He was like, we dropped off the first girl when we came back to our place. Then he checked the second girl's pulse, and it was very faint, so they tried to decide what to do with the second girl. And he said they got her in the car and decided to drop her off at a second hospital so they didn't get caught. Alexandra Kratow 
one of the people that he had talked to about it said, I had that feeling like sometimes in movies when a serial killer calls a radio station and tells them everything, it's kind of that vibe because he was proud of it, in my opinion. The energy wasn't like, I'm embarrassed, I want to hide this. It was like, oh my gosh, look how much fun I had, crazy night. Brant was arrested while on the set of NCIS Los Angeles. His IMDb entry shows three whole acting roles for him. I think I've read too that for the NCIS thing, he was just in the back, like he was a background actor. So <laughs> An extra. <laughs> yeah, an extra basically. So he was he really like, successful. <laughs> he like walked by. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brant also worked at the Hotel Americano for 15 years as a bartender. He claims he created his own cocktail called the Sunblazer. His Facebook page also shows him at various LA events. In one photo, he's also seen alongside Paris Hilton. In others, he's posing on a hill overlooking Los Angeles, and he's wearing a shirt that says, bad decisions make great stories. So that just kind of tells you exactly who these guys are. <laughs> like, ugh. Um, Osborne refuted to comment when contacted by the New York Post in November. I don't have a comment. All right, goodbye, he said. Brent's biggest concern at the time that Christy and Hilda had passed away was that they had peed his bed at some point. Mike Ansbach, the third man that was arrested, he worked or works as a camera operator and had worked on shows such as Vanderpump Rules, Punked, and The Amazing Race. On Instagram, he describes himself as a cinematographer and voiceover artist. He set up companies including P7 Media Group and Adrenaline Media Group, LLC. On the night of November 12th, David and Mike snuck into the warehouse party VIP section. A witness said they targeted Christy and Hilda and acted obnoxious and crazed. The friend who asked not to be named said she saw four men and a woman arrive, talk their way into a VIP section at the event, and began hugging strangers as if they knew them. She said two of the men acted obnoxiously, with David taking off his shirt and flailing around. Mike seemed completely sober, had a professional camera, and took a particular interest in Hilda, the friend said. The men managed to insinuate themselves in conversation with Hilda, and one even put a jacket on her. Um, the friend said they walked in acting very confident, and people are very easily fooled by confidence. It's very true. They were able to weasel themselves into that area. They must have been there for maybe about 30 minutes or so until somebody noticed they didn't have the right wristbands and kicked them out. But I had already left by that point. Following his arrest for his involvement in Christy and Hilda's case, Dave Pierce was charged with sexually assaulting four other women. Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon announced David was being charged with two counts of forcible rape and one count each of rape of an unconscious or asleep person and sexual penetration by a foreign object. He's also accused of sexually assaulting a woman in August 2010 as well as raping a woman in February 2019 and two other women in separate incidents last year. My office takes violence against women very seriously by aggressively prosecuting sexual assault cases. We make our community safer and protect others from becoming victims in the future, the DA said in a statement. The case is evolving and we continue to work with law enforcement in developing evidence of other possible crimes. If you have any information, please contact the Los Angeles Police Department immediately. So in terms of the arrests for the three men, uh, there's been a bit of an update. Um, Pierce was ordered to come back to court on January 12th. So that's about, I don't know, five or six days from when we're recording, because apparently he's still trying to hire a private attorney. The, the LA District sorry, LA County District Attorney spokesman said, our office has not determined what sentence it will seek in the Pierce case. We will make that determination after all admissible evidence is presented in court. In terms of Mike and Brant as well, as we said, Mike and Brant were both booked on um, suspicion of being accessories to manslaughter. However, the LA County District Attorney's Office 
rejected the case against Brent Osborne and his arrest was retroactively reduced to a detention. Um, in terms of Mike, he's still on the $100,000 bond and prosecutors have yet to file charges against him. I wonder why his was reduced because didn't it say three men dropped them off at the hospital? Yeah, and it also seems like it was Brant's, Brant lived in the apartment. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe the, his theory is... Is he we know the one Mike- that left to go take a COVID test? Yes, something? and he, and he was the one who was annoyed they peed in, in his bed. So maybe his argument is that he just came home and this is what happened. Yeah, because we like know that, there. We know that Mike and Dave were at the party. Mike was taking photos or whatever, had the camera. So maybe in terms of Brant, it's just a bit more of a... Maybe his argument was helping them to put take the bodies to the hospital, and that was literally it, which is still horrible, but it's less than what the other two did. Yeah, and they'd be able to prove if he really was out taking a COVID test at whatever. But then also, like, they dropped their bodies off at, like, 5, 6 in the morning or something. Or, no, it was like, p.m., p.m. Oh. So they were, last, they were last seen or heard from at 5.30 in the morning, and their bodies were dropped 12 hours later at 5 p.m. and uh. whatever, 7 p.m. maybe or something. So Okay. Yeah. I was like, who's taking a COVID test at four in the morning? <laughs> yeah. There's also a photo that's since come out of Hilda um, between Mike and David Pierce. So, you know, there's obviously proof that they were together. So, yeah. Yeah. And David's doing the duck face. Of course. Yeah. So David's doing the duck face, pointing at Hilda. She's in the middle. Mike's got his big camera and holding what looks like a beer. Yeah. Look, looks pretty incriminating to me. Yeah. And just even the fact that since this like four other women have come forward makes you think there's probably countless women that this has happened to yeah jan christie's husband spoke of the relief he felt following the three arrests he said i sighed a sigh of relief but i also understand that this is just the beginning of the battle there's going to be a lot of stuff to get through in order to get these guys in prison i know that i have to be strong and i'm going to do everything that i can to make sure my wife gets the justice she deserves, even though no amount of justice is ever going to bring her back and she's still going to be gone. But hopefully it stops these guys from doing anything else to any other women. He said, we definitely think that there are other victims out there and we'd love for them to come forward and just add their voices to this case to help get these guys off the street. And that stops these guys from being able to victimize any other women. Um, He also spoke about his marriage to Christy. He said, I never felt love so deeply, and I doubt I ever will again. She's a really incredible, incredible human. The GoFundMe that Jan started raised over $130,000 before donations were disabled. He wrote, Thank you all so much. The love and generosity you have all shown is beyond touching, and we appreciate it so deeply. This gives us the resources to fight for justice at the highest levels, and that's exactly what we are doing. I also ask that you all please keep Christy and Hilda in your meditations and prayers. I um, just had another look at Jan's Instagram while we are recording and his last Instagram post was a week ago for Christmas and it's a beautiful photo of Christy. She's in the snow. She's wearing like a white kind of furry jacket and he's written, celebrating the holidays with you is such a special experience. So many laughs, hot chocolates, epic food and holiday parties, cuddles by the fireplace and love. I love you, my angel, always and forever. And his, his Instagram bio, which I forgot to mention too, is in pursuit of justice for Christy Giles's death. So... I think he's made this his mission now to get justice for Christy. Yeah, very sad. Following Dave Pierce's arrest, more information about his past has come out. Scarface actor Stephen Bauer has said that he lived with David from a short time in 2010. David allegedly told him that he had drugged women in an attempt to have sex with them. Stephen also spoke about a party where David disappeared for a while with a young woman and her female friend became concerned. 
Stephen said that as he and the female friend started looking for the missing woman, she burst out of a room sobbing with David right behind her. He said, he was trying to hustle me out of the party so that nobody else would hear. He said, don't listen to her. This is a stupid party. Let's get out of here. Get in the car. Get in the car. The woman told Stephen, she said, he cornered me and he locked the door. I told him I didn't want to do anything. I didn't like him. And he said, yes, you like me. And he forced himself on me. I said, did he hurt you? And she said, he raped me. So I asked him straight out. I said, answer me what she's saying. What she's saying is that you raped her. And he goes, she's a liar. What? You're going to believe her? She's a fucking maid. She's going to brag about this later. He goes, stop being a pussy. She's a liar. She's a housekeeper or something. I said, I'm going to start walking and I'm going to tell the police where you live. If you don't let the girl out, I'll get her home. He called me all kinds of names. He called me a pussy and that I was a party pooper. And I was a hypocrite and that I knew all along what was going on. So that's really gross and terrible. Yeah, but not any different to what we've spoke about earlier. It seems like he was very consistent with his behavior. Yeah, and it does seem like he had that mentality. Like all of these men seem like they think they're literally like God's gift to women, which is why yeah. even if they're, they're they, like they don't think that they're like forcing themselves on these girls and they think like these girls are going to be grateful which is just like an absolutely disgusting mindset for yeah. anyone to have that they've gotten away with it for so long it's fucking gross there's another photo i've just found of david while we're talking and it's him with his duck face and he's got his like fists out so you can see all his jewelry and he's just he's just a creep he's i said it when they first got arrested like all of them are just like the embodiment of like Armani Exchange or like <laughs> Tap Out or Ed Hardy. Like they like just saying that you could picture exactly what they look like. Yeah, but there's shit like this makes me so mad. This is like one of my it's like trigger type things, which is like old gross men who do shit like this to younger girls. Yeah, and like the confidence that they have. Like, ugh. so I had a, <clears throat> I had a look just while before we recorded. There's no real other update in terms of this case yet the last media articles were really two or three weeks ago you know I'm, I'm assuming in maybe a week or so we'll hear more once David hopefully gets to court and hopefully gets his attorney or whatever he's trying to do so fingers crossed really hope more victims come forward and get some sort of justice for themselves and so that they especially Dave Pierce gets a fucking worse punishment yeah it's like you ruin they ruin people's lives just to get off how selfish seems- is that like just based on all those comments on all those different sites as well, that there are plenty of women. Um, I guess it's a matter of what proof they have left after all these years, you know, like. Might but even if you harder. have like, even if you have like 30, 40 women who have a similar story, I feel like that yeah. has to help. So if you're one of those women, please go to LAPD and report Absolutely. it. And they seems like they're really receptive to getting this information. So definitely it's something that these women should look into if they feel up to it. Yeah. I had a look to um, both the women have their entries on the Los Angeles Medical Examiner website. Um, so Christie's is on there. It says that she passed away at hospital, which I'm guessing because essentially she was already dead. That's, you know, they have no other place to place her as being dead. Um, and then Hilda's also says she died at hospital. Both their causes of death are currently deferred, which generally um, means they're waiting for toxicology. Um, that could be... The usual LA time frame is usually three to six months-ish. It could be a lot longer. There's some that have been longer. But in saying that, maybe because this is a pretty high-profile case now, it may be returned a little bit quicker. Yeah. But as of the time of recording, both their causes of death are still not confirmed. 
another point I want to bring up because I saw some people, some people like messaged us and asked this like in a genuinely like innocent way, like if they hadn't followed the whole story and, and question that some people would ask is, well, why are these guys getting arrested if the girls were doing drugs themselves and overdosed? And this was probably before like the sexual assault type stuff came out too. But I've seen people ask that and it's because even if it's hard to say if the girls took the drugs willingly or if they were tricked into taking the heroin, their family seems adamant that they would not do that. Um, but either way, the problem is if the girls overdosed at the apartment, these men waited hours and hours to bring them to the hospital. Even between Christy and Hilda being dropped off, they waited two hours to drop Hilda off. And by the time they got there, she was basically like in a coma, brain dead. Those two hours could have made a huge difference in saving her life. Even Christy, if they got her to the hospital sooner, she might not be dead. So yeah. maybe they... Maybe the girls took the drugs by choice. Not saying they did. I'm just saying, even if they did, like these guys are still at fault for their fucking deaths. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't take the drugs like willingly. No, I wouldn't be surprised if they were told they were taking something else and it was actually, you know, something to get them more fucked up so he could drug them and rape them or whatever. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if Hilda's cause of death actually comes back as on paper being different to Christie's because I know that Christie's will probably be a drug overdose of whatever drugs, but because Hilda was in hospital and she eventually passed away like days later, I wonder if her death was like, obviously the drugs caused whatever caused her death, but maybe it'll be listed as, as more something like a heart heart attack or something that's related to the drugs, if that makes sense. I've seen on some like dust certificates, it'll say like heart failure due to some like drug intoxication. Or... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's really it with their story as of right now definitely one we're going to be keeping an eye on so if you want to stay up to date on that definitely follow us because we'll be posting about it on the blog i'll put all the texts you know maps of where they were last seen all their social media accounts all the duck lip photos of david so yeah check out the blog definitely for a bit kind of a bit more of a deep dive into the case in terms of other case updates, um, there is a bit of a small update on missing child Lena Cahill. We spoke about her in our first episode for the year, so you can go back and listen to that. Basically, she's a three-year-old child who went missing in San Antonio, Texas. Um, as of the time of recording, which is January 6th, this is the third week that she's been missing. She is still missing. There has been a pretty large-scale search this week conducted by the FBI. The FBI's underwater search and evidence response team has been searching a creek in the area that she disappeared from. Um, the San Antonio Police Chief, William McManus, spoke to reporters on Tuesday this week, and he said, we don't want to leave anything to chance. Everything that we get that has any kind of potential at all, we follow it up, and that's what we're doing here today. So they searched the creek, but they didn't really seem to find much. They wrapped the search up on Wednesday. There was a spokesperson with the San Antonio Police Department, and he spoke to ABC News on Wednesday, and he said that the dive effort concluded without any conclusive findings, and that police have now broadened the grid in the search for Lena. So anyone with information on her case is asked to call the San Antonio Police Department Missing Persons Unit. It's been three weeks and still no sign of three-year-old Lena Kill who disappeared from a playground within her apartment complex on December 20th. And today, the local Afghan community says they're not losing hope and are continuing their search efforts for Lena Kill. In the last 20 days, groups of volunteers have searched near and far 
Coming through ditches, the brush, and even the murky waters of this creek. At this point, we are um, searching areas, uh, hopeful that uh, we'll get a lead or we'll find something that pertains to Lena. The search party canvassing areas near Hebner Road, not far from where Lena was last seen. Lena had been a subject of an Amber Alert for nearly three weeks. Last week, that Amber Alert discontinued. Police say they had received a tip that led them to search a nearby creek. The FBI calling in a dive team who searched every inch of this area, but still no sign of Lena. It's a very strange one. I just, I can't figure out what would have happened to her. It seems like it was probably a stranger abduction, especially if they had reason to search a creek, unless they were just looking for maybe her belongings or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. A lot of Dorset. Yeah, yeah, definitely reminds me too. And I know the community in um, Lena's case have really banded together. There's a cash reward of $150,000. That's been a lot of that's been put up by the community. Um, I don't know. It's a very strange, puzzling case with which with not much actual information. You know, there's also knows. there's also a big debate online as to if she's three or if she's five. For some reason, I, news articles are still saying three, but three. a lot of people on social media are saying she is actually five. Um, yeah, I think when I they know, released her kind of her stats, they're like that is big for a three year old or something. I don't know. And I guess it doesn't really matter essentially, but um, yeah. yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, so she might be five. We don't know. So hopefully there'll be an outcome or an update, a proper update for her case soon. But as of time of recording, it's still going on. If anything happens, we'll put another clip in here. Yes. Um, there's also a small update in the Gabby Petito Brian Laundry case. I know we've all been waiting for updates with this one and they've been very very tiny and very very mm-hmm. slow coming out um so this information is from the independent it says brian lodger's parents have asked the fbi to hand over a notebook that was found near their son's skeletal remains um stephen bertolino their attorney told the independent that christopher and Berta laundry are trying to recover the notebook as part of a formal proceeding to administer their son's estate Mr. Bertolino said he was also working cordially with Rick Stafford, the attorney representing Gabby Petito's parents, to have her belongings return. There's a quote from him that says, Nicole Schmidt filed to obtain Gabby's belongings that are in the laundry home or are in police custody. Rick Stafford and I are trying to work this out cordially. I don't know why they don't so, give, her, give them back her stuff. Like, what is there to be cordial about? Maybe, maybe there's a dispute about who who the belongings actually belong to like i don't know i'm just yeah. assuming like maybe it's like an ipad that was something that has actually some type of value that's but, true yeah. and some of them must be some sort of evidence that mm. but you'd think the police would have that it just seems like a shitty statement for a shitty lawyer no, like, <laughs> we're trying to work this out cordially just just give them know. your stuff back yeah yeah like I, I just can't imagine what would be worth fighting over in terms of what gabby probably owned i don't know it's weird i'm sure there must be more to it or something like maybe they're not allowed to speak to each other and things like that i don't know i just couldn't i couldn't imagine with all the shitty press that brian's family have gotten that they're gonna be like no we're gonna fucking hold on to gabby's things i know but also maybe they would i really hope we find out more about um the notebook and if they've managed to dry it out and find anything they haven't said that but they've kept everything pretty close to the chest anyway in that case they're gonna have to come out with something eventually because technically the case is still open like yeah and they've never officially said that brian is the one who killed her officially 
I saw that earlier this week too. I think um, you well, you sent it to me, but it was a statement from someone, a reporter who'd contacted the FBI and the FBI is like, yeah, we have no statement. Good evening. <laughs> have a good evening. Yeah. It was um, <laughs> JB on Twitter. He said he's, oh, he messages them semi-frequently and they usually don't answer. But he said this time they were just like, good evening. We have no update on this case. Good evening. <laughs> like, just leave us alone. That's like code for just piss off. <laughs> no, the, the people need to know. So anyway, I guess one good thing is that, you know, this case is still chugging along and hopefully something will come out properly soon. Yeah. So that's really all we're going to talk about this episode. Um, there is a big case going on right now that we've been posting about on Instagram about Harmony Montgomery. So she is a seven-year-old missing out of New Hampshire. She has actually been missing since 2019. She might have last been seen either around Easter in 2019 or November 2019. They're still kind of trying to figure that out. But either way, it's still two years ago. So this is kind of taking over social media right now. It's very confusing to a lot of people because there's a lot of people involved in it and trying to put together the pieces. The pieces are all coming out like not in chronological order. So it's like her biological mom is the one who has been apparently trying to look for her. But the dad, biological dad, had custody of her and was kind of blowing the mom off for two years and then the the husband the biological dad had this wife who just got arrested for welfare fraud but now they arrested the dad who's living out of his car with his new girlfriend so again there's just like so many people involved but the root of it is there is a little seven-year-old girl who has been missing for two years and a lot of people are interested in the case so we will probably cover that one next time so that we can break it all down for you yeah sorry if that was um hard to get through because it was hard it's hard to explain in a general sense because there's just so many little details and people involved and again still there's a lot of pieces missing to the story yeah it's hard when there's such a kind of a lag of time to catch up to like a lot's happened in that two-year period and even before that for this to kind of occur it's like you're kind of getting the story backwards almost and then you have to retell it forwards to people yeah it's like a puzzle it's like a puzzle you start with one piece and you've got to kind of Find the rest. Yeah, it's like you start with the mom being like missing for two years, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? Why are you just looking now?" But then it's like the dad—they found him arrested, and the uncle is involved, and the uncle is saying that he remembers Harmony being abused in 2019, and it's just a lot. So we're gonna try to get into that one next time. But we have been posting about it on Instagram, so if you've been following it, we'll be posting updates there, like we do with everything else. All right, one other update for a case that we've been following for a long time is the murder of Savannah Pascal. She was actually a member of our group, True Crime Society. She was murdered by her husband, Trent, in October 2020. He made a video um, that kind of went viral. I think it was right before he murdered her. He said things like, I'm recording this because I want my daughter to know that I love you. I'm like, why me? And he talks about how his hair's all messed up in the video. He was a real, true, psycho, crazy person. We definitely talked about it on an episode. Yeah. So we've got, um, I think we've got a blog on it. If not, I'll make one. But we've got loads of information on the case and the murder. Anyway, Trent was arrested soon after, but he bonded out in April 2021. And since then, he's been on the run. Like, I've, It's a bit like Tiffany Booth's case, who's another member who was murdered. I just can't believe it took them so long to find this guy. Anyway, over the past weekend, um, police in Marion County, Florida, got a tip that Trent was at an RV park. So they turned up, they knocked on his vehicle door, and he shot himself. So I guess that's a final chapter to that story. It's I don't, I don't know if it's the justice that Savannah's family would have liked, but 
I guess at least it's an end to the story. I feel like you got the idea from Tom Sharkey. Yes. It, yeah. Travel, both died in Florida, both suicided when the police came to get them. Um, I'm not surprised that that's how it ended for Trent. I'm not surprised either how it ended for Tom because I feel like they both took that as the way out. Yeah, not shocking. Still, like, not shocking, but also shocking. Like, when it happened, yeah. I was like, what? And yeah. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if Tiffany's ex or, or boyfriend has also taken that way out and they, he just hasn't been found yet. But It's crazy that he hasn't been caught. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's about it for this week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to say, sorry if I sound like an idiot this episode. I've had... I had a rough week. I'm really tired. I have bad anxiety. I kept like getting nervous. So if anyone's like, wow, Stephanie, you sound like a fucking idiot this episode. I'm just really sorry. <laughs> you don't sound like an idiot. You did a great job. You know, I sound like an idiot every episode. So whatever. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the whole current weird situation in the world or whatever, but I feel like there's been a lot of aggression and a lot of, I don't know, anger lately. Maybe everyone's just worried and scared and that's how it's coming out. But it's yeah, yeah. I a just, weird I, strange just time. like the busy just like still that busy just like fast-paced like environment that i thought would die down after the holidays i'm just like ugh, exhausted but you're not here to hear about me so <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it to, if they've made it this far they probably want to hear about you <laughs> no i just wanted to apologize if i sound like i'm struggling because because i am struggling <laughs> you did a great job thanks you did a great job too <laughs> High five, virtual high five. Virtual high five. <laughs> Besties. <laughs> okay. Enough. <laughs> so usual outro time. So um if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do that. Only a nice one because you know I'm suffering to begin with. <laughs> um oh Spotify, you can leave us a rating now. So if you listen on Spotify, please do that. And follow us on Instagram if you don't already, because that's where we post all the updates, like we've said a few times. What else am I missing? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, make sure you check out the blog. I don't know if did you say that. I don't think. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then we'll have a blog on this episode, like we do with every episode. They'll have pictures, um, social media links, everything that you would want to see after listening to this episode, and our forum. It's a good place to. Check out if you want to get into any rabbit holes. Um, you could post anonymously on there, but even if you don't want to post, a good place for a lot of reading. Um, a lot of crimes get posted there from like the start and then all the comments kind of just like as everything happens. So good place for some light bedtime reading. And if you're listening to this right now and you don't mind, you have an Instagram, please screenshot it and share it to your story. So then maybe your friends will see it and they'll want to listen and we'll reshare it. And Whatever else I say every single time I do this, I'm sure you guys are used to hearing it, so you know what to do. I'm sure the yeah real fans who are here right now know exactly where to go. <laughs> oh, and some people have asked us about stickers because we posted that we uh, sent a few people stickers. We just had a couple spare ones that we sent to people who message us, so um, I, I don't want anyone to feel slighted as a true fan. I know I know you're all <laughs> true fans, but we are ordering more stickers so we will send out more stickers once we get them we'll we'll post something and yeah. i will mail you stickers <laughs> so <laughs> please no one be mad you didn't get a sticker i literally only had like five <laughs> something to look forward to <laughs> yeah so once we do that we will send out more stickers mm-hmm. to all of our lovely loyal fans that we love so much all right I think I've rambled enough. So we'll (laughs) see you guys for episode number three of 2022 next time. That will probably be on Harmony Montgomery. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Stay safe.